Welcome to the Sonico Project, hosted by myself, Travis Marshall, and Pat Forstall. The purpose of our show is to talk with those that have inspired us and discuss challenges in life, past and present. We hope these stories push you to chase new challenges and press on. Overall, we hope to build a community that lives out our mantra of someday never comes. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. You know, welcome to the uh, Sonico Podcast. The Sonico podcast podcast. one, baby. Yeah, let's go. Got myself, Travis, and, uh, and Patty Ice here. Um, the Pat and Trav show. The Pat and Trav show. Not to be confused with the Pat McAfee show, but yeah, similar, similar. Future guests. <laughs> Future guests. <laughs> um, so basically, yeah, episode one, I think we should get into, uh, you know, what is Sonico? What it means to us? Do our background of... Uh, you know how we came up with this and then you know kind of kind of give the why why we uh why we want to do this um yeah definitely i think so sonico really really stems from uh someday never comes which uh really stems from our buddy sean spencer <laughs> shout out sean shout out to sean spence there um but you know someday never comes if you if you really think about it it's it's a uh, kind of that mentality like hey whether it's a mile five miles a hundred miles or an iron man or whatever it is you want to accomplish in life um, and it doesn't have to be physical it can be you know studying for the gmat or getting an mba or like like pat going to emory and getting your mba um it's really just like going out and doing the extraordinary and like doing it to your best and uh i think that's that's personally what it means to me and yeah. uh kind of setting the bar a little bit higher each time. Yeah. Um, and we'll get a little bit into that. And I think Pat, Pat and I have done that every single time we've, we've kind of fed off each other's energy sure. um, and setting the bar a little bit higher each, each time. And uh, that has been like huge. It, it's been huge on my like mental health and uh, yeah. I think great on my physical health as well. Um, just knowing like pushing that limit and seeing yeah. what else we can do. And then also like, along with that building some relationships with some awesome people that hopefully we'll get on the podcast yeah, and then uh, like just creating a, you know, kind of a mindset that we've, I think we've had in us a long time, but, you know, really putting words to it. Yeah. And it's definitely like an, uh, like an empowering thing. I think the whole, like somebody never comes mindset. Um, It's like funny. It's like something I've been mulling over a lot since we've been talking about this is like, how do, how do we make sure that like somebody never comes doesn't get, mixed in with like YOLO, you know, like <laughs> yeah. that's like something I've like thought about, like it is different, right? Like, you know, when I, th- and so in my head, when I'm trying to like think about it, you know, for me, like somebody never comes is like those kind of like light, bigger, like impact on your like life, things that you've like thought about doing and like have just put off in your head for whatever X, Y, or Z reason. Uh, maybe like you're looking for someone else to give you some validation that like, it's a goal that you can achieve or whatever. And like, for me, like somebody never comes is kind of drawing that line in the sand and saying like, all right, at this point, I just got to commit to it and do it. Um, so I think it'll be fun for us to kind of go, like, I guess, talk to how this kind of came about and like, you know, how we've interacted with it. But yeah, like you said, it's, <clears throat> I think like this podcast is kind of an example of that, right? It's like something we talked about a little bit, like, you know, we think it'd be fun to talk to people about their journeys and like how they've gotten to where they are. Uh, and just even like kind of iterating on this idea, like, should we do a podcast? It's like at some point, you just, <laughs> it never comes. Like, you gotta stop talking about it and just do it. So here we are now. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's dive into that back that background. You 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 recalled the background a little bit more than I did. And yeah, I remember it was the run, but yeah, it was really the conversation in that run. So like, yeah, let's run through that. Yeah, I won't go through like the the five year story, you know. But it's like you know, quick, like kind of like fast forward through for me, it's like that post post football, post Naval Academy, you're kind of searching for like, all right, what is that next thing I'm going to put all my energy into? And so I'd say there's like a couple of different seasons in my life over the last couple of years where I've just gotten kind of in, in, inspired or excited or like try to figure out like what I want to do next. Um, and, and so I think it was fortuitous that last what I guess it was beginning of January of this year, you were in town uh, in Atlanta and you like hit me up for a run. And uh, so, yeah, we were on the run. We just kind of talked about like what we were excited about. 
that's like one of my favorite questions to ask people is like, you know, like what, what, what are you excited about right now? Like what's, what's in your like next couple of months that you're excited about? And so, you know, you were talking about, yeah, you, you basically brought up like, yeah, I've been thinking about doing rim to rim to rim. And I was like, dude, <laughs> that's been, that's been like on my mind for like a year now. And uh, again, it was just like, I was like, yeah, but I'm thinking about trying to run a marathon. Uh, I don't know. And it wasn't it run any marathon. What what marathon were you trying to yeah, run? Yeah, I was trying to run Boston, but <laughs> I was trying to run Boston. I was trying to get a charity bib. And uh dude, yeah, finally I was like, and I think part part of it was like, okay, I think running Boston like right now would be really sweet. With the charity bib, I think I know it's something I can do at another point. Uh the other part of it though, I was like, you know, I was scared of like rim to rim to rim. It's like <laughs> I was like scared, I was scared to have to commit to putting in that work, uh, to be totally frank. And so part of me like embracing that mindset of like, dude, like, let's like do it is, uh, it's just doing it, man. It's like, it's just committing. Yeah. To it. So, you know, yeah. I mean, you, we booked the, I th- I remember like booking the flight. It was like, all right, get this game, like game on now. Like, you know, you can't really, you know, you can't really mess around with it now. So that was like kind of the impetus of me and you like coming together. And like, and during that time too, we were talking about the idea of like how much, joy and like mental health we get out of like this space of like um endurance events running the community we found there and how like that was a space we wanted to kind of just be in long term whether as creators or as in some in some facet and so i think that's where the idea of like us kind of getting like trying to do something came about so then we arrived in arizona i don't know if you want to pick it up from there yeah. Yeah. That's a, uh, I appreciate that. That's a, good, that's a good start. I mean, yeah. So really the planning of the, the rim to rim to rim was pretty funny because, which is something that I think both of us want to work on um, and try to help people do a little bit better is like these adventure races. Cause a lot of people want to do the rim to rim to rim. And then like, I think there's some other ones like running Bryce Canyon or Zion and stuff like that. And there's just like, there's literally no guides. There's like nothing out there. And it was just, like Pat and I looking at this map and being like, well, this might be a good route. Like maybe <laughs> the day before, like the day of really. Yeah. Really like the night before we were like, all right, maybe, maybe we'll look at it now. Um, but yeah, so we, we get out to Arizona and we're, we're stoked for this, this adventure we're about to go on. And uh, our buddy, Sean <laughs> kind of out of nowhere, was just like, yo, I'm, I'm doing a getaway, like come out. He ended up staying with us at uh, Pat's buddy's place. And the next morning, I remember like starting this run and the like the buildup of emotion, like the excitement, nervousness, like the unknown of like, yeah. hey, maybe, maybe this is a bad idea. And then the other side was like, well, we're not like, we're here now. Like, we have to do this. Yeah. Like, we're going to do this. We have to do it. So, um, and I remember, I don't, I don't know if you, if you felt the same way, but literally in the first mile. So you like, when you're doing room to room to rim, you basically just start running downhill for like seven miles. And in the first mile, I was like, I did not do any downhill running. My quads are on fire. Like, this is a terrible idea. I, I don't know. Sure. <laughs> I was like, I'm not sure we're going to make this. Like, I don't think we're going to make it through this. Um, but you know, we pushed on. And I think what I what was what was the coolest part was, um, you you get to the river and we're both just kind of like enjoying. I, th- I think both of us really like were in awe of the Grand Canyon and like the fact that we like were able to run all the way down and we were like in the middle of the Grand Canyon. Um, and then there was times when like you were going a little slower or I was going a little bit slower, and so we were, we were like split up. But those moments of like serenity of just like being yeah. alone in the Grand Canyon. Like I remember one time I was running behind you and it was just like, it was so surreal. Like seeing the cliffs, it was like the cliffs of more just like yeah. rising above you. It was just something so much bigger. Um, it was like so fascinating to me. Um, but the grind, the grind really started on the way back up. Yeah. And this, this was after we met like the, the group of girls from uh, North Carolina, yeah, South Carolina, uh, Sydney and all them, they like, awesome group and that's that's another thing that we'll get into is the community behind yeah, running right, yeah and they were all just you know running out there running um doing some trail runs having a good time and that was amazing but the grind started when we started ascending 
out of the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's really where the, uh, I think the mentality of like, you know, someday never comes like that's where you're kind of put in that hard place of, yeah. Hey, you know, I said, I was going to do this. I need to finish now. Now, now it's like, you know, it sounds good at first, but when it gets, when the going gets tough, like, what do you do? Yeah. And, you know, in that moment, I think we both rose to the occasion and we finished a run. Um, we weren't able to actually do the full rim to rim to rim. Yeah. We should just so you guys know. Yeah. We're uh, very transparent about this. All right. No secrets. <laughs> we, we ended up doing about 30, was it 34 miles? Yeah. I um, remember to 35, but 34 too. Yeah, 34. <laughs> um, but they they had a washout um on the way to the the north rim. So we only did 34, but we are planning to do it again. Yeah, bring it back. Yeah. We'll have a big crew this time, so it'll be yeah. fun. But um I think that that moment right there, and then when we came back to the uh the, the your buddy's place, that's really yeah. where um someday never comes yeah comes out. Yeah, I'll let you I'll let you take it from there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it, I was just like thinking while you were talking about that too. It's like, you know, I think this isn't like kind of the first time where I've felt the benefit of just like committing to something and like going all in. And it's like, you know, sometimes like just committing to something, you feel a relief because you're like, all right, like I, I was scared of doing this thing. I've done step one. I've like signed up or like I bought a plane ticket, like, and like you feel some relief that way. And then you know, at the end of the day, you end up feeling a huge like moment of relief too, right? Like when we got done, we we're like, all right, man, like we just did it. Like we spent 10 hours in the canyon, we grinded, like now we can like chill out. Um, but there's also those moments like during it too, where you're just like, I don't know, it's it's just like a bliss feeling, right? It's like you just spent a lot of times working for, towards something and like you know, taking that moment to be like appreciative of like what you're going through and everything it took to get there. But uh <laughs> Yeah, with the just... to just just to pause right there for a second. Yeah. You said you said something that made me want to ask you a question about like committing to something. What do you think is the most important thing to do once you make a commitment to something? Dude, I mean, it's, it's just yeah. For me, it's like falling through. It, you know, like being a man of your word, or yeah, it's just like falling through. I mean, you know, there's a lot of like practical steps that you can talk about, right? Like make sure, like, all right, if you're gonna commit, if you're gonna commit to something like you know plan it out and whatnot but uh it's like falling through and like and, and i guess at first like getting started right like yeah. um yeah just like yeah you know if you're gonna commit be really careful what you commit to i think that's something i was instilling <laughs> in me early like because if you're gonna commit to it man like you know that's your name name on the line you know you better be ready yeah what about you you think you think anything different no, I, th- I think being a word of it, be, like, you know, committing to your word, but I think ultimately, especially with like, if it's, whether it's running or some sort of event, um, or really anything in life, like take that first step, you know, yeah. book that flight, um, yeah. you know, if it's a marathon, like pay for the marathon, then you're, then you're down 200 bucks and you're like, all right, well, if I can't motivate myself, the 200 bucks is probably going to motivate me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, a little. If wind. it's like if it's like getting a new job, then like reach out and talk to somebody that you've never talked yeah. to before. Make yourself uncomfortable doing that. Yeah. So I think it's that first, and for me, it's like that initial. Yeah. Step. Yeah. Um, Even no matter how small it is, doing something. Yeah. Do you have Do you have a an experience in mind that you've been through of like that first time you kind of like have gone through like something like this, you know? bigger um, but when you were just like oh okay like that's why i should just take that step yeah i think uh we'll, we'll get it away from the physical activity and just yeah. I'll, I'll go into like connecting with people at work um and like i was i was in this uh this weird weird field of like do i stay in the military do i get out and pursue another career and i just went up to uh, someone that i look up to at work and just like it was, it was a really uncomfortable conversation because I never asked them really anything yeah. about, you know, work or connecting with other people that might have, um, like they could be a mentor. And so, and I was, I was really nervous about the conversation, but went up to him and ended up connecting me with like five or six of his, uh, previous employers at, you know, a couple of commercial real estate places, investment bankers, and then, uh, consulting and, 
just like the openness for him to do that um was pretty awesome and then he kind of basically just like took me under his arm and was like hey man like it's all good like we'll figure this out together yeah. i was like that is it's awesome man it was like that first step you know just taking that first step and like making the making the connection yeah and i feel like dude i feel like that's such a good, like good lesson too is like there's a lot of good people out there i think <clears throat> sometimes yeah. you can lose fo- like you can kind of be convinced otherwise but generally like i think generally people want to help so if you yeah. are you know if you are just trying to get that first step and you're like you don't know where to start someone's gonna someone's probably willing to help you out like look for someone that's in the field who's done something similar and get some advice and then once you get that advice like start moving on it you know yeah what about what about you what do you got yeah i mean the i hate to bring it back to physical but the first one that it came to mind I guess just because running to me has been such like a fun, like adventure. Like, yeah. I mean, I guess at some point we can go back to like our, our real origin story being in the freaking, I mean, Navy football, but also just being in the training <laughs> and recovering together, <laughs> being in the part, I don't know about you, but being in some of the darkest moments of my life, trying oh, to come yeah. back from, coming back from in, uh, injury. But <clears throat> yeah, dude, just like running is running has been really like, I guess meant a lot to me over the last couple of years, just from like, again, I guess talking about like empowerment, just like giving me a lot of self-confidence. And so for me, it was like, you know, leaving Navy going like into the Marine Corps. I, you know, never ran more than like three miles. Like I'll train for a PFT. I'd run a lot of like intervals around the track, uh, but never ran more than like three miles at once. And like partially because I just thought like I couldn't do it. And, and it was just like painful. And, uh, slowly as I was in the Marine Corps, I kind of convinced myself like, this is something you can be good at and maybe you should be good at, or it's just a challenge I kind of want to take on. And like my mom had ran two marathons. So I'd like seen that image growing up and I'd, I'd really like looked up to that. Um, but yeah, like I got, I started training for my first marathon at the end of 2021. Um, and like to that point in my life, like I literally thought if I ran on back-to-back days, like I would like fall apart. Like I, I thought my body couldn't handle it. And, uh, I was a couple of weeks into training or whatever. And I had that my training split was like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, or something like that. Okay. And, uh, or even like, I think I might've done like Friday, Sunday or something like that. No, it must've been Friday, Saturday. But anyways, I remember I did the first, I finally got to the point where I was running six miles on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So like six, six, six. And okay. I did that. I did that like the first time. And I was like, dude, I can I was like, I can, I literally, I remember thinking, I was like, I can do anything. Like, dude, whatever, yeah. like, whatever challenge you throw in at me next, like I can train for it. And, uh, I mean, I love yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's just, and that's why I think, that's why I do think that like, run, you know, it doesn't have to be running. It doesn't even have to be a freaking endurance event. Like, but there is a lot of good lessons you can take away from physical, like training your physical body, like carries over to, mentally too and it's just i don't know it's it's i think it's good to kind of train both of those muscles so that was a big one yeah. for me man. just like committing to it and, and then seeing how as you take those steps towards it like you know there's a lot of there's there's a like the cool aspect of like running a marathon at the end of it but there's also like oh wow like i just realized like as long as i come up with a training plan i could probably train for anything now yeah it's the whole the whole accomplishment yeah um hey before we get into that i want to give you know, I, I think we, we gave like the, you know, what is Sonico, the background. And then I just want to like, just briefly get into our why and then we can, and then I, I, I got some questions for you about like really who Pat Forstall is um, and then we can go into myself, but just to give it some validity, you know? Um, but so I think the reason why we're doing this, like our why um, it may vary between both of us, but I think the, the overall idea behind Sonico podcast is um, for the listeners to have the ability to hear from some, some people that we're fortunate enough to uh, whether it be coworkers, friends, family, um, just people that have had a really positive impact on our life and that have done some amazing things. And basically for the viewer or the listener to, to experience that and hopefully get something and gain something out of it. Um, you know, maybe, maybe some podcasts more than the others, but, and that, that's just the way it is. Um, but I think that we, between you and I have had an incredible, um, 
you know, there's some incredible experiences with some just absolutely amazing people. Um, yeah. And I would really love for everybody else to get to know these people. Some people that, you know, they may not know because they're, you know, not famous. Right. Yeah. Um, and then additionally, you know, there, there'll probably be some other stuff that will come out of Sonico. Um, the Pat and I are working on behind the scenes. So yeah. we'll, uh, we'll get that to you guys, but yeah. Yeah. I think ultimately it's just to expose some, uh, pretty amazing people and their stories and what they've done and hopefully inspire everybody else to do some awesome stuff. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Only thing, yeah. The only thing I guess like I add is, um, <clears throat> like the community aspect of it too. It's just, yeah. yeah, we, I don't know, like you said, we've, we've had such a positive impact of, um, having these people like either learning from these people either directly in our lives or, you know, maybe, maybe not so directly, but being around them or knowing about them and just kind of wanted to share those stories of like, of the journey. Um, you know, I, I love listening to podcasts. There's a couple of podcasts I like to listen to on a regular basis. And, you know, you just hear you, some of these people, you know, you hear their stories and it's just, again, it's empowering. So I think that's, that's part of it. And this, and then, um, just creating a community as well. Like I'm, I'm definitely a community yep. person. Um, you know, something I've, I've, you know, almost like since like leaving the locker room, leaving Navy football, leaving the Naval Academy, um, like that was such a great environment. And I think that's kind of like the last time you really have like a big accountability system, like have people that you interact with, like honestly, like too often, but just that aspect of community, it's like something I've thought about for a while now is like, how can we create a community of like like-minded people that push us forward? And I think like Sonico is a way for us to do that. And it's a way to just build, yeah, community. And hopefully like, you know, hopefully we can help others. I'm excited to like, you know, I guess be helped by others, you know, I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. We're excited yeah. about it. I mean, just from the, uh, the few people that we've already had interactions with, um, like just an unbelievable, you know, community out there and, and, uh, like the experiences from you know, Jackson Mitchell, like yeah. talking to him, that was awesome, man. That was like a really yeah. cool experience, just like getting, like getting to pick his brain for a little bit. Yeah. Um, Gilda, a good friend of mine, like she's just such a such a joy to talk to and be around. Yeah. So um, I'm excited to like get into this and talk about it. But uh, all right, let's let's get into it. Let's get into let's get into Pat. Okay. Yeah, how's that sound? Yeah, yeah. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Dude, just uh. Just so for the people that don't know you, let's uh start from the beginning, like wherever that means to you, whatever that means to you, like where is your beginning? Like let's start from there. It doesn't have to be like when you're yeah. born, but like you can start it wherever you are and just let's get to let's get to now. Yeah, I always love whenever yeah, whenever I introduce myself, I gotta start out saying from Albany, Georgia, <laughs> South South Georgia. If you don't know, now you know three hours south of Atlanta. So you spent spent most of my life growing up in a small town in Albany, uh, yeah, called Albany. Um, yeah, dude, grew up. I'm one of one of four siblings, so um, grew up with like a, I guess, kind of bigger family, and uh, really just grew up like playing sports. If I had to kind of sum up like what my life looked like uh, prior to college, it was like very sports centric. Um, and what you? How many sports in high school did you play? I did. I was a so I three started out as a three sport athlete as a freshman. Dropped, dropped baseball, kept basketball and football as a sophomore. Broke my leg playing basketball sophomore year. And this at this point in life, I'm now like 6'2", two. I'm like, no, nah, 6'2", maybe pushing 6'3". I'm like 280 pounds. And I'm like, I'm like trying to like I'm trying to put all my energy into playing football. And so I break my leg playing basketball. I'm like, okay, I can't play basketball anymore. I got to focus on football. So first off, I had to recover from that. I had to have surgery on my knee and everything. But yeah, and then so I just played football junior and senior year i threw shot and discus but i was not good i don't even i don't even know what my distances were so four sport athlete yeah yeah <laughs> you know not a big deal also like you know yeah so um but yeah dude i but it was always it was always football That's yeah what dude, yeah and, and partially like i love football um i mean i like still love football but part of it too is i was always the biggest kid like i was always kind of like the tallest kid in class it's definitely the biggest kid. I will, you know, I tell people I was 200 pounds in sixth grade. Uh, and for reference, I'm like 225 right now. So like, 
I'm within 20 pounds of my like 12 year old self. Um, <laughs> she's just wild. So I, I was just like always big. And so love sports. I was a big kid. And I was like, well, football just makes sense. So like early on I was, um, you know, I guess like in the weight room and working out like most of my energy on football and like d- determined I wanted to play college football like early on. So, um, yeah. And I guess like growing up, growing up in Georgia, you know, my, my now wife, Ansley, we started dating in high school. I, I was, uh, super interested in, in going to like Georgia tech to like and walk on and play football. Um, yeah. or I wanted to, I wanted to play football there. I wanted to, I was hoping to get a scholarship, never could get a scholarship. And around the same time, Navy started recruiting me too. And so at the end of the day, I was like trying to decide between walking on at Georgia tech and, and, uh, going to play football at, at Navy. And it was, it kind of got to the point where it was like a no brainer. Um, my dad and my grandpa both had went to Navy. Um, I was honestly just like transparently was like scared of the military, like being like a six, four, 320 pound high schooler. <laughs> the idea of being in the military was just like, dude, that makes, like, I can't, I can't, you know, I can't run. I can't, you know, whatever, like these little, what, you know, for me is like what I thought of the military of like discipline running around, yeah. taking orders. I was like, I can't do that. The academy is completely different. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. I know. Right. Um, yeah, like luckily I had some pretty good or I had some great influences in my life. There's a there's a Marine Corps base in Albany. So I was able to connect to some of the officers there. And anyways, was convinced pretty quickly it was like the right way to go. So yeah. So um, you were you were on your way to Navy. Let's uh let me ask you now, since you since now you live in Atlanta, so you live in a big city. Yeah. What is the what's the biggest difference between you know growing up in a small town and living in a big city? Dude, I couldn't imagine growing up in like in Atlanta, like or in like a big city. <laughs> like, I think I would probably gotten in more trouble. Like, I I don't even know. I just growing up in a small town, you're like always complaining about being bored. Um, yeah. But as a younger kid, it's great. You're just like our neighborhood, and I'm sure most kids have this experience. But my my neighborhood was always out there playing football in the yard, playing baseball in the yard, riding bikes through the neighborhood. Um, and then in high school, though, it's just like you're never like, you know, you just don't have a, a lot of options. You got the movie theater and you got like people, luckily in South Georgia, people have farms. So you got to farms, you burn stuff and uh, you just hang out. So <laughs> you like, burn stuff. Dude, you just, yeah. You just do bonfires, dude. Like bonfire it up, baby. Bonfire. So yeah, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine growing up in Atlanta. Now, yeah. now it's totally reversed. Like I could not, I, you know, it'd be hard for me to move back. You can imagine being down in Albany now. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, you know, Albany, I got a very soft spot in my heart for Albany and my friends that are still down there. It's great to go back and visit and hang out with them. Um, but being in a big city now is fun, just like a lot of stuff to do. And like to quickly talk about like run culture and stuff like that. Like I just started kind of running with run groups here in Atlanta and just having like that scene is like so much fun. Um yeah. access to the outdoors and stuff here. So yeah. That's awesome. Um, all right, so we're we're heading to Navy. Yeah. Yes. What's, what's is is Big Pat the uh is he coming in as a starter? Like what's what's the deal? <laughs> I it's so funny because you like you don't know what you don't know. And I didn't know Jack crap, dude. I um I, you know, of course I was sold. I won't I won't name names, but I was sold on the fact that you know I had a chance to travel as a freshman and all this stuff. Dude, I I show up on it's a big campus. deal for Navy football. It's a big, big deal for Navy football. Yeah, so. yeah. I show up on campus, I look on the depth chart. There's not first off, there's nine people at the nose guard position. There's only one person that plays nose guard at a time. There's nine people in the depth chart, and I'm number seven. And I think it was uh, seven, seven, eight, nine were all freshmen. They just like threw up there. They're like, whatever, you guys fight it out, figure out who wants to be number seven. Um, so dude, that was like that was like, what is going on here? Um, but so no, and I did not get an official visit. That was another thing. So like I visited Navy as a senior in high school, but I didn't realize how much I played myself. Like my sweet mother bought us a plane ticket. Drove from Atlanta, drove from Albany to Atlanta, like three hours at like 3 a.m. to get us on a plane to go to a Navy game to pay our own way to like do all that stuff. I didn't get to visit, dude. Oh, really? Dude, yeah. So, yeah, you want to talk about like, oh, was, was Pat like highly recruited? He played like, you. <laughs> dude, I did not get an official visit, nothing. So. Oh, man, I'm I, sorry. I had, to, I had to grind it out, dude. But, but it, <laughs> dude, it all, it all worked. You just had to stay the course, you know, uh, have big dog you- did you know that going into that season or did you find that out later? Uh, I mean, literally like come out of plebe summer, 
get in the get in the room to like start watching film for the first time and i like saw that i was like on the dev chart number seven like yeah no I oh man no idea until like i got there but you know you know yeah i i think i moved up a little bit on the dev chart freshman year and i was in a good position to fight for like playing time as a sophomore yeah um, and like sophomore season started out good had the return starter bernie bernie was starting um so i was able to back him up and then like what I mean, it was it was the end of October, so we were probably four or five games in playing VMI. I tore my meniscus, um, and yeah, just I mean, well, really, what happened? I tore it. Was told I had four to six weeks to recover, so I was like, of course, I'm gonna be back in four weeks. Like I'm gonna just crush this rehab and be back. And it's probably overdoing it a little bit, and retore my meniscus and was out for like the next six to eight months. Oh man, yeah, yeah. Um, I, rem- I remember that. Yeah, that was brutal. Yeah. I know. I feel like we should almost just like segue into that now. I can almost like just like fast forward through like the next like six years. I don't know. How do you want? How do you want to go from here? What a, I do want to ask. What What has been your like? What was your darkest time in those four years at the academy? Yeah, it was definitely it was definitely like that period. Yeah, that period of um, sophomore year. Like, I finally started playing. I felt like I was like kind of doing what I came to the Naval Academy to do, which is like play football. Um, obviously like that mindset kind of changes as you grow older. But when you're like young and at Navy, at least for me, my whole focus was like playing football. Um, that's like I put like a lot of my worth in that, I feel like. And dude, I was like super down. Never forget I think I tore it the second time and uh I was like in the locker room like just bawling, dude. I was crying. I was like so upset. And uh like Brendan Dudek and Joe Worth two absolute goats yeah. uh just like you know gave me gave me a lot of love and they're like dude you're gonna be good and yeah. uh like that was you know like they say like that was literally the best of times and the worst of times like rehabbing with you jimmy Britton was hurt around the same time i don't know if you ever worked out with jimmy but yeah like, he was crazy i tell some <laughs> i tell some funny stories about being in the weight room with him but you know, for me, it was like I had a lower body injury, so I was just like, and Jimmy's just like, all you know, all arms and whatnot. All so we, arms, we'd man. go in there and just crush muscle farm arm workouts, and then go out to practice and limp around. Uh, so like a lot of good things came out of it, but definitely like it was very downtime. Like I'll never forget, like you know, Ansley and I had some tough times at that part at that time. Oh, yeah. I was just so down; she was away. Like so, yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember that vividly. Like. It, it, you always you always become close to the people that you're stuck in the uh, training room with and for that's for, for everybody listening that's like pat and i were we were stuck in the training room like yeah. i had a shoulder injury that just never ended and i was yeah. always in there with that so yeah yeah man that's a that's a tough that a, go that was a long like eight months um and uh, again like should we like maybe like we can pause there and we can kind of talk about maybe like because that's kind of that's like I mean, the rest of the Naval Academy for me was, you know, senior season was a ton of fun, um, but not a ton to share there. I mean, just got yeah, to, you got to you got to play more football, and, and then, <laughs> then it was off to this off to the service, off to the fleet. But you want to yeah. you want to hit your award? Can we hit your origin story now? Yeah, man. Um, yeah, so I got kind of a a weird family dynamic where you know, pops comes from uh, Zimbabwe originally, Rhodesia. Um, and then my mom's from Indiana. So, you know, some, somehow, some way my, my dad made over and, uh, then we kind of grew up, they, they met in Atlanta and, uh, I grew up in Atlanta for the most part. Uh, dad moved out to California. So I split, split time before between Atlanta and California, but I was, uh, I was just North Atlanta and Alpharetta. So I lived a very different life than Pat. Um, down in the town in Al- yeah. Albany, y'all sneaking out um, of Atlanta like every weekend, just getting <laughs> you know, Alfred is a weird, it's a weird town because it's just it's a suburb and now it's much more, it's much more built up, but um, a lot of money in that town. And you know, we we grew up, we had a great, great upbringing, but we didn't by no means had the money that was um circling through Alfreda, and that always like it was funny the the rivalries you know we had we had like three or four schools within like a four mile radius and Chattahoochee was definitely not the money school like yeah, yeah. but we were we were damn good at football so yeah. 
That's all um, that matters. Yeah. So we like, you know, we always had these rivalries with the the rich schools, but you know, looking back on it, it was just it was just good fun football. So yeah. Um yeah, I played uh I played quarterback through quarterback. you know, through my four years. I had some great leaders in front of me. Um that went on and played at Georgia Tech and Wake Forest. Um, so I learned a ton from them. Um, but, you know, really, I, I think where most of my athletic ability came from was like probably when I was younger, I had to run back and forth in my backyard as my dad threw footballs, golf balls, lacrosse balls at me, and I had to dodge them. So that was like, <laughs> that was the, that was where my athletic ability came in. That's good. Uh, and I think I, I, I really did love football. I ran track as well. Um, yeah. but I, and I tried baseball. I could, I could pitch the ball. That's all I could do. Like, yeah, no, not, not, not a big hitter. I was not a big hitter. Not Probably a big hitter. Runner. What about I was a base runner? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But not like, you know, I was, I was going out there. I'd, I'd pitch the ball. I did trials and I, I didn't make the team. And I was like, I was pissed for like a day and I was yeah. like, no, this is stupid. Yeah. I yeah. tried out for basketball. Made the JV team. Let's go. Maybe it's the freshman team. I don't know. Yeah. I might be giving myself too much credit there. <laughs> and I just never got into it, man. I, yeah. I think football was always my calling. I, I had a sister that uh that ran track at UGA, and that was she was always pushing me to run. And yeah. so I ended up running uh the four hundred primarily, but that was that was my event. And that's we did, tough, dude. Yeah, we did good stuff there. That was uh. That, talk about a grueling event that you know you really have to dig deep and kind of you can possibly throw up every race like yeah seriously that's that um but yeah i put most of my beat my most of my uh my eggs in, into football and uh i really wanted a scholarship to uga my sister went to uga i was like i was dead set she's four years older than me i was like dead set on going to uga and then i just wasn't I wasn't, you know, I wasn't that high caliber quarterback that they were looking for. You know, it's yeah. probably the same situation as Georgia Tech. And, yeah. you know, it, it takes, I think it takes such a mental battle on these kids. And it, I, because I know it hurt me. Like, I was like, I was like, damn, I'm not good enough. I'm not good. I'm not uh, like, I can't make it to where I want to be. Yeah. Um, and I did a camp at, at UGA. And they, <laughs> it's kind of brutal, man. They, they watch you throw for like five minutes. And then they go like, all right, you, 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 you're over here. The rest of you go on that field and throw. <laughs> it's like, I was like, man, I really didn't get a chance. Like this is Just messed up. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I, I I think that the the mental battle that recruiting takes on kids is like so hard, man. So yeah. hard. Um, so I, I ended up getting – couple small offers from like wafford app state yeah. uh, some of the some of those good schools i, yeah, I did love wafford and app state those are some awesome I, did, I, I did a recruiting trip my grandpa drove me we drove from atlanta wafford um i guess we went all the way i think with app state i can't remember if we stopped at clemson on the way up or back but i remember why this is such a grandpa story i remember walking into clemson and being like dude like head down like they <laughs> they do not want me here my grandpa's like my, my grandson Patrick will be a great. Oh player. no! I swear he like found someone. He just needed someone. This was probably like a you know secretary, like a janitor, someone that had like no say. And uh, he was like, "My son Patrick would be a great addition to your football team." And I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "This is not how this works. You can't just like <laughs> talk your way on a Clemson football." Uh, anyway, sorry. I, had to that. I love that. I love that man. That is such a grandpa thing to do. Like, yeah, dude. <laughs> just had to let him have his. Like moment. yo, pop. That's not how it goes yeah, anymore, man. Not how it goes. <laughs> All right, so yeah. You're you're getting offers from them, yeah. So ultimately, you know, I looked at uh, you know, my my dad never went to college or um, really American school at all. But uh, we, I remember sitting there with my dad and like weighing out the options because it was it was really between Wofford and um, Navy, and I was like, and he was like, you know, someone that's a foreigner coming from another country. He's like, he's like, son, you got to take you got to take Navy, man, like it's a guaranteed job after like you get paid to go to school. He was probably also like, yo, I don't have to fund you anymore. <laughs> like go to Navy, like you're yeah. done. Yeah. Um. Ultimately I made that decision and like, that was the best decision for me. Uh. But what, what the Academy doesn't tell you is that 
you might have to go to this prep school in Newport, Rhode Island. So yeah, I spent a I spent a grueling year up in Newport, Rhode Island. Um for all those Napsters out there, keep grinding. We got a Westminster kid up there right now. Oh man. Yeah, it's I mean it's it's a special place. And I think I definitely grew up 10 years going there. Um but it, it is, I mean, that was, that was tough, man. It, it, it made the Academy easier, but it was uh, a lot of hard moments there. A lot of hard moments, um, hard weather, it's just basically terrible all around. So, yeah. but you really come, you, you really get that community and you grow close to a lot of get a lot of guys. Um, and then from there it came down to the Academy. Um, and that's where like, you know, at naps, I had some injuries. I had, uh, like a knee injury, I think it was meniscus, and then had a shoulder injury, a reoccurring shoulder injury. So I had surgery up at at the academy or at Naps, uh, and then I came down, started playing ball down there. Basically, immediately had to get another surgery, um, second shoulder surgery. Uh, kept working with the team, hung out with the team, going to that summer. We do a uh, mid, so. Uh, and that just didn't that didn't end well it's where you go around to each each individual service and i was with the marines swung out shoulder popped out i fell 30 feet onto a sand bed and that was going to be my third shoulder shoulder surgery so i had the shoulder surgery and when they when they went into the shoulder they ended up cutting the nerve Dude. And that's when that's when me and you really got close. Like yeah, I think that yeah. was like the biggest the biggest part of it. Um, so they cut the nerve, and I had this noodle arm for about you know twelve months or whatever. It was. <laughs> Dude, what? How else can you like describe that? Because like I think like that that the noodle like that was that was so crazy. Like the atrophy that took place in your arm. Yeah, I mean, you literally couldn't. I mean, how how long until you like were able to? I didn't even grab anything again. Yeah. So it was weird. I, I had, I mean, I'm probably going to, if it's like any med students, like don't, don't get mad. Yeah. At me, but I had like some sort of flexion. So I could like, I could like yeah. grip and pull down yeah. or like move my tricep, but I couldn't move my bicep and I couldn't lift my wrist up. Um, So I could grab things, but I would, I would just have to hold it like a limp arm. Uh, And I think the the toughest part about it all was like people like felt bad. And it was just frustrating. Like it was yeah, just yeah. so frustrating. Um, and then during this whole time, you know, my meds got kind of mixed up. So I was on, I was on a cocktail of like Lyrica and like pain meds and stuff like that. That really did nothing for me except like mask, mask the, uh, the actual pain that was going on. Yeah. Uh, and like talk about dark times. That was like a terrible time for me. And I, yeah. I think I went, I would definitely went internal, definitely caused a lot of issues between my family, you know, yeah. me and my mom and like relationships definitely suffered, yeah. but, uh, you know, you don't like hit rock bottom and then just stay there. Right. Yeah. Um, so there was a positive, like I definitely learned a lot about myself during that time and did get out of it eventually. Yeah. Um, it took about a year and a half for me to gain full mobility in my arm. So during that time I was uh coaching, I was doing the GA, like you know, coaching football and whatnot. And yeah. then I ended up running I got I got pretty bored of that. Um I really I think I don't think I was really bored. I think I just missed, you know, competing. Competing, yeah, for sure. And so I ended up running track uh with the with the Navy track team for two years, which was just another awesome experience, like a, a great community. Yeah. Uh, just great, great guys to be around. So what and what do you run four hundreds again or what'd you run? I ended up running two hundreds and I think I ran a I think I ran a four hundred or two there when I was uh yeah. yeah, I definitely did. I don't know how many, but yeah. and then I I was also on the four by one team. Um Dang. but yeah, it was like you know, when you go from like playing football and then having to cut thirty pounds to run yeah. to try to run as fast as these guys that have been like training for you yeah. know, ten years. That's tough. It was yeah. a tough time. Really definitely taught me a lot about how much I'm willing to go like the, yeah, the sure. I'm willing to go. Yeah. I'm sure you learned a lot then too. And did you, did you PR at Navy at all? I mean, like yeah. 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 Um, I guess I'm 200. Yeah, 
Yeah, and then Pure did the 400 as well. Dang. But, dude, I mean, like, some of the guys that we went up against, like, mm-hmm. we, we ran against uh, a couple guys from Texas A&M at one of the meets that was just oh. like, <laughs> I was like, this is the, they're cheat codes, man. Like, yeah. these these guys can't, they can't compete with us. Like, that's, yeah. it's not yeah, fair. <laughs> different leagues. <laughs> well, dude, you look at, like, the training and stuff. I mean, you know, not to discredit what we had at Navy at all, but. The SEC level is different. The facilities, the training, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that that really brings me to the the end where I, you know, the end of the academy, and then that's where Pat and I. So Pat was a year above me, yeah. Um, and like, what I really want to ask you about is the transition from being how much. What was your max weight at the academy? Yeah, the academy. I feel like the most I ever saw on the scale at Navy was like probably like 318 i topped out like well i think i topped out senior season so like i hit i started the season like closer to 300 pounds but you kind of you kind of get out of shape a little bit you're eating a buffet like four times a week and i i could eat a lot so slowly gained some weight throughout the season i think i finished close to like 320 so 320 man so what what is astonishing to me and like one thing that i just don't understand how you guys do is how you lose that weight. And then what they have to do essentially to graduate is to run a 1030 PR PRT, which is a mile and a half, some push-ups and um, sit-ups, but like, how, how did you do that? What was your, what was your mindset during that? Like, was that a struggle or was it kind of a breeze for you? Yeah, I think it was a little bit of both. Like, you know, it's funny cause it's like, you you come to Navy and that is one thing like you do know about, like they can't hide the fact that, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of your four years, you got to graduate and you got to be in military standards. So like I knew it was something that was coming and I think it was something I looked forward to. Cause like weight was something I'd struggle like, in, in a sense, like struggle with my entire life. And I say struggled cause you know, I just, I thought it was something that was almost like out of my control. Um, so I was like, as I got closer to it, like I definitely, yeah, as I got closer to it, I was I was like pretty excited about it. I was like, okay, here's like a new challenge, and it's like something I don't necessarily think I can do. So let's see how it goes. But I mean, at the end of the day, dude, like losing. So I, I passed the PRT. So I ran my ten. I ran like a ten twenty two mile and a half in March, right before spring break. And so from really the end of beginning of January, because I I waited till we came back to school. We played our last game like December twenty third. Went home for like two weeks, came back to Navy beginning of January. And that's when I started dieting. So from like beginning of January to beginning of March, really like two months, I lost um I lost like 60 pounds, 50, 60 pounds, and ran that awesome. at 10 30. Um and I, you know, it's funny because people are always like, Oh, like, how'd you do it? Like, okay, well, I just ate I had to eat a lot less. And the mistake I probably made, I wish I wouldn't have done it this way. Like I just thought I had to do cardio. I was like, Oh, I just need to go <laughs> get on the on the elliptical for an hour, you know, knowing what I know now, I would have, would have continued to lift weights, done some things differently, but it worked. I got the 10 30 knocked out. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, just total, total like change set how my life had been for the past. Like, I mean, I guess really forever. Like I'd always been, again, like I said earlier, like the biggest dude. So had to make that change. It's amazing, man. Like I couldn't, I, I've never, Luckily, I've never had to lose that much weight. But it what's also, I think, even more amazing is that you lost the weight and then continue to do some amazing things. And, like, you kind of briefly touched on some of those, like the marathon, yeah. Ironman. But, like, the fact that you completed a, an entire Ironman is just fascinating. <laughs> well, it's like, I, I, I guess I've said empowerment a little bit too much, too almost too much now. But, yeah, it's just like that. You do. It's so gratifying to, like... I mean, yeah, to just accomplish a goal, you know what I mean? And so now I'm kind of in this like cycle of trying to set goals and accomplish it. But dude, I mean, like same thing you said, you said how much weight did you drop from football to run track? I was 222. That's big, dude. I was. Yeah. yeah. I was a, I was a chunky little quarterback at one point. (laughs) You weren't chunky. You were so fast, dude. Oh yeah, dude. I think coming, coming from naps were basically, the coach up there is coach Browse. just like you just lifted weights and you ate and you lifted and you ate and that's all you did. Yeah. And I just like 
I, I, yeah, ended up weighing 222 going into pleep summer. I was like, this is not good. Um, that's big. Yeah. But then when I, when I switched to track, I remember I showed up the first day and the coach is like, all right, uh, we got Hills this day. And I was like, he's like, you should probably shouldn't go. I was like, I was like, Oh, he wants me to quit. He he wants me not to show up. I was like, I'll be there. He's like, right, you're going to run with the 400s. And like, they did not stop. Like they would run, come back. And it was like a 150 yard hill and just run up, run down, run up, run down. And they were doing 20 of them. And I was like, Oh, this is bad. I got to like number eight and just threw up everywhere. And then I remember going up to him after um, I ended up getting the 14 and then cut it. Yeah, because yeah, he he was like he was like you're done. I was like I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I was like you're right. I'm done. Yeah, yeah. He was like he was like hey, if you want to run for us, you got to be at least 190. I was like, that's 30 pounds. Yeah. He's like, whatever it is, you got to be there. I was like, yeah. all right. So I ended up getting to the lowest I was was 188. God, dude. That's um, funny. but that was that that took like a year. It took like yeah. a year. It also, I, sh- I shed a lot of muscle. Yeah. I was like skin and bones. So, I mean, I mean, again, that takes a lot of mental power. And, and what do you weigh now? You're like 215. I stay, I stay like 205. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think I, I haven't weighed myself in yeah, yeah. Like a funny. long time. Yeah. I just don't yeah. like the number. I don't like chasing a number of like, this is how much I weigh. Like, this is what I want to lose. Yeah. Um, and I think that that stems from, being at the academy and him being like you need to be 190 and i chased this number for like six months during season and i was like i was like mentally handicapped from this like the thought of not being not being that weight meant that i couldn't run yeah as fast as the other people and i was like if i just got to that size i could be as fast as them which is just not true you know and it's just kind of like a mental handicap we put on ourselves but yeah dude i hear you I thought it was, it was good to kind of lay that foundation. Yeah, I think this is a good foundation. I do have, I got three questions for you. All okay. right. Just some stuff that came up, and then I think we should cut it there and kind of bring it back to the uh, next episode. How do you feel yeah. about that? Yeah, I think that's good. All right. First question What is your guilty pleasure? It, it's like, without a doubt, cereal. I don't know if we talked about it before. <laughs> yes. I think we did. I. I I have such like a cyclical relationship with cereal. I love cereal, dude. It's like my like all right. Give me your snack. give me your top one or two. What do you got? Well, so this is where it gets not as fun. Everyone's like, oh, like, yeah, what did for me? Kashi go lean, peanut butter. Dude, all day. Yeah, so all good. All day. People are like, oh, cinnamon toast crunchers. I'm like, okay, no, I'm not a child, right? Like, I like <laughs> grown man cereal that has protein in it. Um Kashi Golene. If I had to pick a second, uh, there was one I had recently. One of these, like, you know, now there's there's all these like keto and um like protein, like, you know, yeah. cereals. And there's one I've had recently because it was on sale and it was really good. And it was like a cinnamon flavor. So yeah. Have you yeah. ever had um Chex peanut butter? No. It's like kind of it's kind of healthy. I don't know if yeah. it's the same as like Kashi, but you gotta try it out, man. Okay. That is and then also, do you are you like a a whole milk, a almond milk? What do you do? My I don't. We don't typically get like we typically get almond milk. Um, but is that a, is Ansley driving that or is that you? I say I I honestly do. And, right. You know, hate to do it, but like when you talk when you look at the calorie content, it's yeah. like way less. But then when you and you're like, oh, this tastes good too, and then you taste right, you're like, oh my god, oh. <laughs> right now we're working through some of that fair life two percent right now, and oh man, it's so good. Yeah. What about you? All right, here we go. Yeah, this is that's a good question. What's your what's your guilty pleasure? Uh, guilty pleasure would be the little peanut butter pretzels from really anywhere yeah. but i really like them when they're in the tubs like the yeah, plastic yeah. tubs <laughs> it, it hits different than when they're in the bags we totally need to get that for next weekend's race yes because yeah, that is yeah. such a good that is such a good like trail or whatever like race snack yeah they're just so delicious i, I this is also like this may be kind of weird and controversial but i like to i eat them very specifically i take two I put them in my mouth and I 
put a little bit of water in my mouth. Like I take a sip of something and just, yeah, like I think it's just the water hits the salt and it just like the flavors are just like, I don't know. (laughs) It's a little strange, but it really. I'll have to buy in on that one. You got to try it out, man. That's why I don't know if it's a good race snack because I'm just going to suck down all my water. So yeah, (laughs) I'll definitely hydrate for some hydration. It's good. That's a that's a good segue. So my next question would be, what is your next challenge? Yeah, I mean, well, this is yes, yeah, so next challenge. I guess I'll just be straightforward. Next challenge is a fifty miler. Uh, we're eight days out at this point. You can't even say eight. We're like seven and a half. Um, it's coming down to the wire. I'm not gonna lie, dude. Like the nerves have finally started hitting the last couple of days. Yeah, <laughs> fifty miles. It's like easy to be like, oh yeah, like. I don't know, like you, you know, whatever you find, you start kind of like convincing yourself, like, yeah, it's fifty miles, and you're like, wait, that's a lot of miles. Are you, uh, are you tapering? Like, what's your? Because yeah, for anybody listening, Pat and I literally have not really followed any plan at all. Yeah. So, I'll, I'll, I'll say, and I think you're probably the same way for any like. Well, I know you. I guess you, you've had a little more history running with run clubs and whatnot, but like, dude, I haven't, I haven't followed a specific plan almost like any like for any of my stuff dude for the you know for my i guess for the marathon i think for the marathon i kind of did follow the plan actually but it was a cookie cutter one i found online and then for like the iron man the iron man was totally just i just like i came up with some numbers to hit each week and did it and here we are um but yeah dude, for this for this and like yeah for this it's been a lot more loose like going off feel which i think at some point you can kind of get um but yeah, I'm tapering right now. Like my goal is just like try to be healthy. Um, get back so, like my lower back's been bugging me so like that trying to get healthy. So would you say doing a big run tomorrow would be a bad idea? I think there's no I, I think it's you can't discredit anything. You know what I mean? Dude, it's like it's dude, as long as you can show up at the start line. So I mean, okay, scientifically speaking, I think like two to three weeks out, you're not gonna gain much, if any like performance benefits is this backed i think i think (laughs) i think your body your body needs like two or three weeks to adapt so any training you get at this point is not going to help but but there's also i think like if you're not keeping getting some volume in getting some stimulus like your body will kind of like um i don't know you and you won't you won't lose your fitness but if you just want to come in to race day like refresh ready to go so I don't know. There's mental confidence to it too. So if you're trying to hit a long run tomorrow, like I'm not gonna say no. Just like you know, get your legs back by Saturday. I'm, I think I'm. I'm. My goal is to do like ten to twelve tomorrow. Okay. And it's like I'll, I'll no agenda on pace or anything like that. I don't. And yeah, that might not. Even, I think. And talk. I talked to Jesse this week. I think Jesse's on the same page. So Jesse's an animal. Right. Jesse's right. gonna be podium. I'm saying it again. I've been saying it. I really. Th- I, you I, think so? I yeah. So Jesse's Jesse's a past buddy from Emory, but he's running he's running the thirty five miler. So he's but he's a Boston Marathon qualifier. He ran Boston this year. Like he's a he's a savage. And that would uh, be that would be unreal if he podium. Yeah, yeah. And then so with other news I got, I guess I got a knock on wood. I hope it works. Is uh, I've been trying to. I think I told you I've been trying to get into the NYC Marathon, and I totally like lost hope. Probably like two months ago, I didn't. You know, all the charity bibs were booked out and stuff and i got i randomly got an email this morning i was like hey you're on the wait list and we just had some spots open up do you want it and so i responded for a like, charity bib yeah for a charity bib um so i responded within like five minutes i was like yes who's um, the charity what charity is it tunnel to towers okay heard them. pretty cool there yeah so i'm like waiting for the confirmation but i might i think then i'm running nyc marathon in, in november that's huge. yeah that's huge but, man and I guess, yeah, so you obviously had the 50 miler, but with anything after that? Yeah, man. Uh, stoked for the 50 miler. Um, I do have an Ironman Wilmington on the 24th of October. So sick. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do that, but uh, trying to figure it out, figuring out stuff with work. Uh, but if not, I, I'm also planning on doing the JFK 50 miler. So. Oh, Dude, yeah. I don't think I knew that. I think I yeah, I I kind of got talked into it last night. So seriously, that's what yeah. you Jesse's uh, doing that. Jesse's doing that? yeah, Jesse's doing that. Really? Yeah. Oh, sweet. Okay, that'll be perfect, man. Dang, dude, that's sick. That's like the 18th, right? Yeah. Dang. Yeah, November 18th. Um, 
but after that, uh, really, I'm really looking forward to getting out to moving out to California in December. So looking forward to getting out there and like doing some, some more trail running and, uh, I'll figure out some races once I get out there. We're doing, uh, the rag Ragnar run. Oh yeah. You told me that from, uh, san diego to la or wherever it ends up so it's like, what, like a five five person yeah what well, yeah san diego to la and that's what like five person team or something yeah yeah so the legs that i'm gonna run are i think they're the longer ones but i don't know we haven't we haven't really figured that out yeah we'll we'll get there that'll be fine all right and then last one where does so your motivation for all this like where does that come from like do you, you know, whether it's, whether it's running a marathon or an Ironman or, you know, your success in, at Emory and then further on down the road, like, where does, where does your motivation lie? Like, what do you, what do you draw on? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, th- I think I think about this a lot because obviously sometimes I feel pretty selfish, honestly, like training for the events like this, um, it takes away from family and all that stuff. And Ansley's been super supportive, but so I say that because I, th- so I think about it a lot. I'm like, um, I guess to me, it's always been like legacy, which uh, I kind of wrestle with a lot too. Cause I'm like, is legacy the selfish thing? But um, I don't know. I've just always grown up with like wanting to have a really like strong and supportive family. And so for me, it's like, I want to, I want to be an example for my family someday. Um, and like to someone that they can be proud of and, um, I want to be, be able to come from a place where like, if I give them advice or coaching or, or whatnot, like, you know, hopefully they, hopefully I'm kind of validated in that. So I think that's, that's like a main part of it. Um, and I just, I don't know, dude, I love, I love cool experiences too. And I think I just realized that it's, it's definitely tough to commit that first one. Like I did a half Ironman was my first like thing I really committed to uh, event wise or whatever, I guess to say like in the endurance way. Um, and dude, such a gratifying experience just being out there with a bunch of people that are like all different levels, like experiencing, new, like experiencing a new challenge. And so that's, that's kind of on the endurance front too. Like why I've stuck with those events. It's just like such a cool experience. Like yeah, personally awesome to train for and do. And then from like, it just, again, experience so good. Yeah. Throw it right back at you, dude. What about you? Yeah. I, th- I think I've, <clears throat> I think I saw, you know, my dad, the, the story of my dad is really like a big motivator for me, honestly, you know, seeing him come to America with nothing and then, you know, build his, you know, his version of an empire, you know, whatever, whatever that means to anybody, but like something, something that he's proud of and makes him happy. Um, and I, I, I see that and I see his like drive to be an entrepreneur and like, you know, create something, um, I think every time I would, you know, am doing a race or, um, you know, searching for a new job or something like that, it's always in the back of my mind, like, you know, creating something that you're proud of and creating something that, you know, is better than what you thought you could do or were before. Um, you know, ultimately I think it comes down to, you know, being able to provide something for, you know, eventually my future family and then also um hopefully for my sister and my mom and my dad and you know the something that i can you know be proud of and show them and like uh they can uh really be there with me so yeah that's yeah that's my motivation so totally agree man it's just uh we're on the same page yeah man all right well dude episode one in the books i think it went pretty well yeah yeah dude i'm excited about it i think i think too like doing the first one is uh is good like i think it's important like we have to kind of set a stage of like where we're coming from what this means to us but i'm like obviously very excited to to get some people on here um like i said like i've i'm i i don't know i don't know how often i guess we've shared a lot of podcasts so I, know, I know you do listen to podcasts and um i think it's so much fun just hearing people's stories dude like hearing your stories is so much fun to me like and we didn't even get to go into like all of it. You know, I just like love hearing like 
what made you make this decision or like what influences and like being able to kind of tie back and, and connect with people. So I think it's gonna be really fun to have people on here who have like gotten to this like really interesting spot, whether it be like entrepreneur going to the NFL, just like doing these cool things. Um, and like hearing like what influences, like what made you think that you could do those things? Like for you, like <laughs> obviously your dad, right? Your dad was an influence on you. And like just hearing the stories, like you said, of him like throwing balls at you in the backyard, like <laughs> dude, it's so, it's like, oh, dude, I can see why Travis is like a savage now. Like, you know, yeah. um, I, I just, I have so much joy in that. So, you know, the names that we've kind of shot around for getting some guests on here, I'm super excited for him. Um, and uh, I think it'll be fun, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. I think uh, I think there'll be a lot of good that comes out of it. So, yeah, dude. Someday never comes, man. Someday never comes. Sonico team, appreciate everybody that listens, and uh, look forward to uh, sharing some more with you. Talk soon. Soundstripe. Hey team, thanks for listening to an episode of the Sonico Project. If you enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate it if you subscribe and rate the podcast and consider sharing with someone you think would benefit from the show. Follow us on Instagram at Team Sonico. Press on and peace out. Pat and Traffic.